super proud of us for not as a bit clapping early <laughs> i listen i've edited podcasts before i know what it's like when someone does a bit at the most important part of the audio <laughs> it really ruins your day oh so. sorry no it's okay you don't you never do that patrick never uh-uh i feel like i would i do that all the time nope i'm not i'm being serious right now I don't want to uh, make Nick do any more work than he has to do because I'm not Absolutely even not. sure if he's going to edit this one um, or just take the Zoom file. We'll see how lazy he feels like being. Nick has too, Nick has too many too many things on his plate already. He's got he what is it? What is it? It's been seven days since his birthday. I mean, there's probably lots of people that want to want to are gifts celebrating and, him and, and celebrate yeah. him. Yeah, there's still it lots must of be people. exhausting. It must be exhausting having people just come to your house and drag you into the streets so they can parade you around. You know? Yeah. So, but he's kind of used to it by now. Yeah, I'm sure. You should, I'm sure you figure out a way to time block that, you know? The, the tough thing is, while his house isn't very big, um, like the week after his birthday week is finding all the stragglers like in closets or under the bed <laughs> or passed out in the basement and getting them out. That's that's yeah, the tough that's part. The part. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm. Riley gets really upset about that and causes yeah, like a whole sure thing. Yeah, it's a whole kerfuffle. I can see how that would be challenging to a marriage. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she knew what she was getting into. Uh, hey. Hi. Uh, <laughs> let's see. How you, uh, uh, I'm Father. Uh, um, you have th- totally thrown me off. Uh, welcome Professional to Cl- Catholic Podcast. <clears throat> welcome to Clerically Speaking. I'm Father Anthony. And I'm Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> and I'm Patrick. All right. It's hey, hard guys. to record a podcast without your normal co-host. Your whole vibe gets thrown off. It's yeah. totally you thrown f- off. You it's forget off what to you say. The Zoom. You forget the name of the show. Yeah, you for- mm-hmm. it's it's rough. It's really it's I, a whole thing. Yeah, I get it. You had to but, record an episode by yourself, Ethan, without me. Wait, hold on. We don't even. They don't, people don't even know who we are yet. They don't even know who we are. I think while there is some crossover, we're obviously the more successful podcast. So uh, you say that as a joke, but it's true. (laughs) Here on Clerically Speaking, we have Patrick and Ethan from the Crunch podcast. Uh, Good friends of mine who have been doing various forms of evangelization for years and years. Um, One of them just recently quit the whole evangelization thing is barely Catholic because he's not even doing ministry anymore. I'm right here. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, what the heck? I work for a parish, I'll have you know, which is only yeah. kind of not evangelization. Yeah, no evangelization being done in parishes, as Nine, we all know. Zero. We, <laughs> uh, we recently, I recently came back from a two-hour meeting where we discussed our meetings. So mm. we did have a meeting on meetings, um, <laughs> unironically. It was That's a very a Catholic engaging thing meeting. to do right now. That's <laughs> what we're doing. That's what we're all about. Meetings on meetings. Yeah, we're from the Crunch Podcast. Uh, I like Clerically Speaking because... It gives me a glimpse of what my life would be like had I become a priest. Yeah. I just, I just be doing what I do now, but more successful. Yes. <laughs> you know, I would just yeah. have more people listening to my listening podcast. Listening to my podcast. Everything mm-hmm. else would be functionally the same. Like, like, <laughs> uh, like Father Anthony said, I'll introduce this a little bit more because I've been, oh, yeah, I've been, yeah, work, sure. I've been working on our pitch. Okay. Oh, Cause yeah. we gotta, we're a professional podcast. We gotta like have our, our pitch. So pitch. Uh, we are the number one comedy podcast for Catholic young adults. That does not. That that genre excludes clerically speaking. I don't think you guys are a comedy podcast for Catholic young adults, but we we are a comedy podcast for Catholic young adults. So if you like that aspect of clerically speaking, you will really like our show. If you don't like that aspect of clerically speaking, stay very far away from the crunch, please. If do you not really like the Father play. Harrison episodes, then stay away from stay the crunch. away from the crunch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's not completely true. You guys get deep sometimes. We do. 
We do. Depending we on have... what Patrick's reading and what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's pretty much it. The it's interesting because we have a we have we swing to both ends of the spectrum. Like we'll do an entire twenty minute long bit on what would what it would be like if in the movie The Dark Knight, the Joker <laughs> If he was saying, come on, I want you to hit me. But instead of Batman, it was Lightning McQueen racing towards him. You know, like we'll do that. But then the last week, Patrick told me, Patrick told me for 20 minutes about the the theology of history from St. Bonaventure. So like. Very on brand for Clerically Speaking, actually. I got that yes, book from yeah, Father Harrison. Absolutely. So uh, we, we try to do, we try to be the best in the little niche. Uh, we try to be actually entertaining, which Father Harrison and Father Anthony, do a very good job of being entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the whole, it's something that's largely missing from most Catholic media. I would say on the whole, <laughs> a lot of it is really, really boring. And so we try to, <laughs> to not be like that. Yeah. I'm going to come out swinging from the gate. You're only on clerically speaking once in, once in a while. So I'm going to, I'm going to hit true. it with everything I've got. You absolutely sluggers hope, hit home runs, but they also I hope our friend Taylor Schroll's listening to, cause you'll be so happy about oh, that no. <laughs> assessment of Catholic media. Does he have the same? What is his is it's making he, Catholicism fun again. That's his whole jam. Jimmy jam. Um, but okay. So, Hey, you guys have recently with your podcast. How long have you been podcasting for? You've been doing it for a while. Almost six years. September our first upload can't forget it September 11th 2016 wasn't on purpose mm-hmm. just happened that way just so happened that way it's so now it's it's always burned in my brain but we've been since September of 2016 when I was a junior in college and when Patrick was a sophomore so- sophomore in college sophomore yeah in college yes so uh, you've been doing this for a while you used to be teeny tiny babies <laughs> podcasting and now we and have now, teeny tiny babies now Indeed. you have teeny tiny babies yeah. that is weird so you're both crazy. married now yeah how's that going are you for it against it how's it going uh, 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 no it's great <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome i love it my my one-year anniversary is in like a week and a half Sorry, so I, kind I, of... I forgot i forgot what you're supposed to say i forgot you were supposed to say marriage it's really hard but it's like really, really hard to be married. Like it's so, so hard, so hard. Marriage, marriage, marriage is the is hardest so thing hard. that I've ever done. I, I hate it, but, but the I, Lord but has great, taught me so, so much. Amazing, it's amazing. It's <laughs> good to hear. That was like we I, rehearsed no. it. That was good. we did rehearse it. No, oh my gosh, I love so being much. married. It's it's really great. Uh, my wife is is awesome. Fixed and is, all my problems. She doesn't fix. She yeah, that's true. Uh, she does all of my cleaning and all of my cooking and all that. She, she fixes all of my problems. No, yeah, it's yeah. it's really beautiful. Uh, and I feel like I've I've learned actually a whole lot about uh, my weaknesses. I was coming mm. into marriage being like, oh, I'm so we're so awesome, we're so uh-huh. Catholic. Oh yeah. But then you like your wife opens the door and you're like playing super mario baseball on a gamecube emulator on your computer <laughs> at 11 30 at night and you have to be like so this is me and that's you hey. and here here we are you know like it's sorry you're so exposed you're so raw uh it's great i love it great I, I got a kid so can't complain that's exciting when, when's the baby coming mm. november 30th that's exciting when, when he's due yes we're, we're a few months away. It really does kick things into gear because it's like up until, I think up until, I mean, when when I got married, things were pretty normal. Like we were still, you know, figuring out how to live as, you know, married couple, you know, not not like living like two people who have their own lives that are also married. You know, there's yeah, like a difference. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we had a kid, 
it was like, oh no, there's no time. You know, like there's no there's no time to like figure out how we're gonna be a family. It's we he's coming. So, you know, you can't stop. Oh him. Lord. <laughs> family time is now. Family no. time is now. I remember I, I went downstairs and I like I laid out all of the cause we we do we do uh we have we're we at the time both of us were in full time ministry, right? I think Ethan still does ministry. Uh I know you still do ministry. We have side jobs that support our ministry and we have the crunch. And so I was like, I like laid out all of my side hustles on a whiteboard and I was like, how am I going to have time for my kid? <laughs> and I was like, what do I, what do I got to get rid of? You know, how do I fit my child in between these side hustles? I like, that's how you were calculating the thing. No, it was like, well, how yeah. do I, how do I fit? Like what, what has to go away? So Leo can come here. You know, that was, that was what it was. And, and now I understand why priests get burned out because it's like you, you live very, you live, you know, you just go assignment, assignment, assignment. And it's like, Oh, I'm just going to fit things in, you know, I'm going to, mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to do this thing and this thing and this thing. And you're like, oh, wait a second. How, what up? How, wh- why do I feel like there's too much going on in my life? What's going on? You know, and then you don't have, there's no major life events that, you know, shake up your world, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if that's. Was there a time when you were looking at the whiteboard and you had whittled everything down and you had two columns and one said Ethan and one said Leo and you just kind of sat there for 10 minutes just like looking <laughs> back and forth trying to decide which one to, to so cross off? So it comes off. to this. I know. <laughs> we always knew it would come to this. <laughs> <laughs> Only one way to solve this arm wrestling competition between Ethan Ooh. and Leo. And His wins. arms are pretty strong, so I don't know. <laughs> he, yeah. he kicks. He kicks. In, in the interest of not upsetting the audience i will mm. refrain from commenting on the outcome of that particular arm wrestling <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair of how much okay. i would absolutely pwn this, well, this baby. is leading a little bit into actually what i talk about uh with you guys hmm. it's okay we're gonna be a little self-indulgent we're gonna talk about podcasting all that Great. jazz no, i think um, it's fun have but, you ever uh, done a self-indulgent talking about podcasting about podcasting brother we Anthony? did a little bit um our 200th episode yeah Okay. We did a little bit of that. That's just fair. talking about the project. You can have a little I self-indulgence remember. every once in a while as a as treat. As a treat. <laughs> exactly. But this is a bonus episode, so we can do whatever the heck we want. Um, but here's the thing. You've been podcasting for six years, which is a stupid long time mm-hmm. uh, in podcasting land. You started off when you were teeny tiny babies, and now you're grown men with wives. Uh, how have you? Has your audience changed? Have you been aware of that? Have they just been growing with you? Um, how has the project, the crunch, changed from being teeny tiny babies to being adult men? That's a, good That's a phenomenal question. I like this. I, I remember. Can I, answer, can I? Can I answer part? Yeah, of it? I remember answer. a conversation. Sorry. I remember a conversation I had with with another podcaster, and name names. Like, What's your, it was a, it was someone I you you wouldn't okay I don't want to name names because you wouldn't know the show so it was a pod, it was a podcast it was a small time podcaster that I know named Father Mike Schmidt it was a very a small deal. time podcaster named Joseph Rogan uh, <laughs> uh, this, this this it was a very niche podcast for like, yeah. I don't know if anybody runs anymore but he was like okay what's your podcast and I was like well it's a podcast for Catholic college students which is what it was back then because we were Catholic college students and he was like that's good I'm glad that that exists when do you graduate and i was like two years and he's like cool you're either going to have to you know hand off the podcast to someone else or you're gonna have to like let the podcast grow with you and i was like I put way too much work into this so i think i think the answer is the podcast grew the podcast audience grew with us like we didn't we didn't keep it in college you know um I've toyed with the idea of of just you know getting someone else to start a Catholic college podcast and just like you know pump them full of ideas and 
and work with them and but we we have no we have no resources to do that yet if we had those resources we would totally do it like pay pay college students to run a podcast that'd be so sick like here's money kids you know don't do a job do a podcast um yeah and and i think i think that we we get a lot of feedback from our audience it's like they had kids the same time i had kids they got married at the same time i got married and that that's like that's a cool little a cool little thing so like there's a lot of you know i mean our, the reason why our podcast is so successful is because our audience sees themselves in us because we're mm-hmm. just normal guys we're not trying to be like here we are the catholic people here to tell you peons a little something about jesus you know it's mm-hmm. it's just you know sitting down for a cup of cereal with your buddy ethan and uh, talking talking about Catholicism, so I think I think our audience has grown with us. Would you say that's correct, Ethan? Yeah, yeah. I think I think they've grown a lot. Like I look, it, it's interesting because I look at our, we have a Discord community which is very vibrant and one of my favorite parts about what we've what we do. Oh, it's so fun! But people post things in there that's like, oh yeah, my eight year old boy did this and it's like (laughs) and you're like listening to our show every week and like find some value and you have an eight-year-old you know like what (laughs) that's that's really awesome you know and that just wasn't the case when we first started um at at least it was not the case uh, and we knew about it you know now i think we have more interaction with the audience and Mm -hmm. so we understand a lot more of what they're going through and people post prayer requests all the time and you see just like how, how much of a, a variety there is from everybody. Um, it, but despite that fact, it all seems like there's kind of a, uh, we, we used to be kind of cute, I suppose. So like there yeah. were a lot more moms and like adult people that would listen to us to kind of get an insight on what the young people are doing, but that's <laughs> kind of lost. It's, uh, it's luster. I would say yeah, as we've, as we've grown beards and gotten married, like people don't listen to us cause we're cute anymore. Um, <laughs> the people that have stuck around with us that are older who aren't just our age. Cause I think we do something that people our age are looking for that no one else is doing. But the reason people outside of our age bracket who are not in college or young adults listen to us is because, um, there's a, a refreshing sense of perspective that we're like coming up and out of our, of college and into our mid twenties and starting to have a family and just for them to hear the things that we're thinking about, is inspiring to them, you know, who have been married for 10 plus years Mm -hmm. they can look back and be like, wow, I'm, I've been married for X number of years and I'm not thinking about those things. And then, (laughs) and then they can share things that we've never thought about. And so it's this cool, like dynamic relationship that we have with our audience, no matter where they're at, uh, kind of in life, um, or, or in their spiritual journey, which I think is really powerful. Yeah, yeah, the Discord. The Discord is like the the main for those of your audience who don't. Do you think people in your audience don't know what Discord is, Father Anthony? Some would, some wouldn't. Okay, so Discord is like a is like a, a closed social media platform where everyone in the group it's like a big group chat with a bunch of different group chats folded into it. Uh, it's like a group chat with another group chat's hat on. Um, it's like Slack, but for fun. Oh yeah, it's Slack, but for fun. So there's a bunch of if group you've ever chats, heard and, of Slack. and it's a it's a it's a way to like communicate with like everyone in this social media it listens to our podcast like we can we can talk to them and they're in they're talking to other people that listen to the show and and i think that's that that platform is the perfect thing for our podcast because our podcast is like what it became eventually was here's how you live your faith let's talk about ways to live our faith and evangelize our friends uh and that's something that we can talk about every week sure but it's more fun when our audience can can give tips back to us and then we can talk about it on the show and then they gave they give tips to each other each other and it's like it's like having a big mission apostolate that's like in a little little bubble 
and you get to go and you talk to people that are in the bubble and you go back to your regular world and you go, you take things that you learned in on the discord and you apply it to your real life so that, that the podcast and the discord have been a really solid um relationship yeah uh, it makes the podcast something that it, that it should have been from the beginning i think mm-hmm. yeah so i think this is something that uh, anyone who's in any kind of catholic media struggles with is that we struggle with the medium uh, mm. with uh, struggling with social media, with the actual podcast medium. Mm-hmm. And I know if you're like us, and I've, I've heard you guys, of course, there's been a love-hate relationship with technology uh, yeah. oh, throughout. Yeah. Because to do what you're doing, you need it. Uh, mm-hmm. And recently, you, so, uh, Ethan, you're now running the uh, Twitter account for The Crunch, right? Uh, yeah. More, the boys more, back in town. The boys are back in town, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> and so what... what because I, I know you were struggling a lot with that, with the mm-hmm. whole Twitter thing and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. What made you decide, okay, I can get behind this Twitter account, start running it, put myself out there again? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, back in, man, it was early 2020. This was before the pandemic, uh, which I'm very grateful for. But there were just a certain series of events that led me to delete my my Twitter account, which is kind of how me and Patrick met. It was kind of a, an interesting thing where we had both kind of built this online sort of I don't know, profile, I guess. There's no really, there's no holy way to say it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but we had built this online profile at several thousand followers and Twitter was a big part of like our life and kind of what we were doing together. There was this community mm-hmm. online and the longer I was on it and as I left college and joined Focus as a Focus missionary at the University of Tulsa um, and started dating, it just, my wife now, but just, girlfriend at the time just starting dating her more seriously it just started to not make as much sense and i was losing a lot of my peace on through the the bird app and so i cut the ties i deleted it and i was out i was out for a long time which is awesome and recently there's just been a new understanding for it and just some of the response that we've gotten in some recent episodes and people reaching out to me and reaching out to Patrick and just sharing things over and over and over again and reading reviews that just say things like your guys's podcast has helped me so much um, in, in lots of different ways, whether it's in prayer or in a relationship or in a certain aspect of evangelization or in just like learning that Catholic people can be normal and fun uh, and not, you know, have that, Catholic way of talking that Catholics have sometimes, which drives you up the freaking wall mm-hmm. because it's <laughs> yeah. like not real, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think all those things combined where me and Patrick had a couple of conversations that were more serious. They're like, okay, we, this, what we're doing is actively really good in order to do more of it, to reach more people. We need to put more time, money, and energy into it so that we can have some more income coming from it because it's a, it's a resource that we're providing for people. And so compensation is something that happens when you do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so can we make more money doing this and can we increase our reach? And it's like, yes, we actually can do all these things because all social media is, is just a game. And so, (laughs) uh, we're, I'm trying to relearn how to play the game again. Patrick's playing the game on Instagram really well and and just making some really funny stuff. And we're starting to, (laughs) to start to create just like a, a place on in the Catholic internet and a place in the Catholic world where it's like, you can come here and and listen to what we have to say and talk to us and engage with us. And you can expect to be received as a normal person. And we are normal people. And we're not going to try to over spiritualize conversations with you. And we're not going to try to over moralize things with you. And when I realized that we actually had a, a plan and a goal around the social media, instead of it just being, let me get more followers because bigger number equals better person. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. 
then it started to make a lot more sense to me. It's like, oh, I'm actually creating an ethos in the Catholic media world that doesn't exist right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing. And that's really exciting to me. So that's ultimately what after being burned <laughs> was like, all right, we, we can have some healing and we can, we can get back, get back in there. Like the Chilean miners, rising like the Chilean from the miners <laughs> rising from the ground. Exactly. <laughs> you have returned. I, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think it's accurate. My, my, my personal perspective on, on social media changed. I didn't really come back. I was always, I always kept my account open. Um, you know, I refused to, you know, burn it to the ground and I, <laughs> I'm kind of, You're I'm much kind more of, conscious of those things than I am. I was like, this is stupid, and I just deleted it without even <laughs> thinking about it. But now I'm like, man, I wish I still had that. I was just, I, well, what I did was I was like, this is stupid, and I was like, but I'm still going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I worked really hard to get all my followers. I worked really mm-hmm. hard to get all my followers. I made a lot of jokes about Protestants, and so now I have a lot of followers on, on right. Twitter. That was basically what my Twitter was in high school. I'd get angry, and I would just tweet about Protestants. Yeah. From my Protestant girlfriend. Because you were dating church. a Protestant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would angry tweet about my Protestant girlfriend's church at the church. Anyway, that but my flaws aside. Um it, it I think a lot of Catholic apostolate approaches to social media is let's try to do our apostolate on every social platform. And that's just not how it that's there's two, I think there's one of two approaches. One approach is a big a big apostle that has a lot of resources that says I'm going to try and do our apostle on every social media platform. Like Word on Fire is like we're going to do Word on Fire stuff on every social media platform. So we're going to reach everyone and do Word on Fire stuff on every social media platform. And it doesn't change. And the other the other approach is I'm going to do I'm going to get really really good at Instagram and I'm evangelizing on Instagram, right? And so we kind of we kind of listed out our social media platforms, both the ones that were the channels that we're using and the ones that we want to use in the future on on the kind of like a spectrum of like which one has higher like based on higher reach and which ones are higher value. Because I realized a while back I was like, oh man, like I don't have that many Twitter followers anymore. But like our podcast followers were growing. And I realized that someone who listens to our podcast, that's a more valuable interaction than someone who follows my Twitter account. Yeah. Because someone who they're getting more value out of what I have to say than someone who follows my Twitter account. And so I kind of applied that to our, I kind of applied that to the crunch in thinking like, okay, what our, our, our social media has really high reach, but low value. And the discord has really high value and low reach because you can't just stumble upon a discord channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we, I, I ranked out our, our social media up, up and down that list. So it's like our socials and then, um, the other channels that we have in the podcast and discord. And I think focusing the number, like when we're playing the numbers game, right? It's like, I don't really care how many follows we have on, on social media. Nope. I, I really don't. Like you can follow our Instagram <laughs> if you want, if you like ironic Catholic posting. Um, <laughs> what, where, I, I, I went on Catholic Instagram and I hated it. I was like immediately like, this is not for me. This is for 25 year old women. I'm not, I'm not here for this. <laughs> so this is for 15 year old girls and uh, sometimes too. And, uh, and so I immediately started like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go nuts. You know, the little miss memes yes, that have I've been going around recently. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I decided to do Little Miss memes, but uh, it was like uh, Little Miss sniffs baby heads at mass. Uh, Little Miss banned <laughs> from the Newman Center. That was my favorite one. <laughs> uh, I don't just, understand those, but I'm glad you made them. They're thanks, very yeah, funny. There's to a me. big trend right now on the on on Instagram. What is it, it's like, what is it from? What are what are they? Are they Teletubbies? Know. Like I don't <laughs> understand where they come from. It's they a popular fr- children's book. Yeah, like from when I was a kid. Um, yeah. And so oh, now they're looks, making a It weird looks like comeback. the television program that my brother used to watch called Wow Wow Wubsy is what it <laughs> reminds me of. I have no idea what the thing is that you're talking about. You tell me Ryan doesn't still watch Wow Wow Wubsy. Uh, well, you're right. <laughs> 
but yeah, so, so ironic posting. You guys have been thinking about the church mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you started when you were teeny tiny babies. I'm just going to keep yeah. repeating that refrain. <laughs> uh, what were... Now that you're adult men with all the wisdom in the world, all the wisdom that you thought you had when you started, now you mm-hmm. actually have it. Now you're actually wise. Yeah. Uh, what what have you been the most wrong about in your approach to evangelization or the church or how to fix it? This is the best question I've ever gotten. Hold on. I had to think about it. <laughs> I well, love that question. I had I had three years of as a focused missionary of actively learning the answer to that question <laughs> because because <laughs> there are multiple factors. So I went to Kansas State University, home of the Wildcats, EMA, and it's a 24,000 person state school. And the place that I got sent for uh, for mission was the University of Tulsa, which is a 4,000 student private school that has no sports or culture or fun of any kind (laughs) and so it was a bit it was a night and day difference for me and so basically the first two and a half years that i was there uh i spent all of my time trying to force the students to have the same experiences that i had which just like (laughs) didn't work because the people i mean you look at me right and um you know i got a lot going on but the people i was working with were like D1 soccer players from Estonia and Spain were like the guys that I was working with. And they, they, all they want to do is play professional soccer. That's all they want to do. But they come to Bible study every week because they're from the, they're like Catholic, you know, and they're raised Catholic and all this stuff. And, and you like have a Bible study with them every week. And I'm trying to get them to have deep prayer and I'm trying to teach them Ignatian meditation. I'm trying to do all these things. And you do like you have a whole semester where you just like pour yourself into these studies and try to have these great conversations and you meet up with them one-on-one at the end. It's just like, so how's, how's it going? And they're like, yeah, I'm doing, doing pretty good. You know, not much has changed. And you're like, Oh, what are you talking about? You know? (laughs) And so I think that experience was so valuable for me because it just Mm -hmm. helped me realize like, man, I, it's not my job to answer questions that these guys aren't asking. And just because something was good for me, doesn't mean that it's good for everybody. And it, it helped me kind of stick up for myself a little bit, not against focus because focus is not my enemy, but a lot of times there would be an encouragement from my superior. It's like, Oh, you need more people in Bible study. It's like, okay. Learning that I actually just need to say, instead of just saying yes, whatever you say and going and leading more Bible studies, cause that's what you're quote unquote supposed to do yeah. actually turn around and saying, well, actually I think that the students here need something different. Um, and, and being able to have that conversation. And I think that's a really important skill just for the rest of my life now, because it's not, not everybody that you meet just out here in the real world needs an invitation to mass or an invitation to the fish fry or an invitation to the adoration, uh, night or a Eucharistic, uh, procession. Like that's just because something is good and we're told to invite people to things like we have to use your emotional intelligence to know, is this the right thing to invite this person to or not? How can, how can I enter into their life in a way that's real and not just fitting them into my system of how I think someone should come about to the, to the gospel. Yeah. Um, and that's something I very much did not understand <laughs> when I was 19 <laughs> for sure. sure. I, when 
We started the podcast. People often ask us how we started the podcast. I tell them the funny story about how Ethan and I didn't know each other. Our first conversation ever was our first episode, and now we were like in each other's weddings, and I, that's a fun little tidbit. Yeah. If you listen to the podcast, you hear a friendship develop, which is cool from beginning to end. Very few people listen from beginning to end now. If you do, please DM me. I have questions. Um, <laughs> concerns, really. One time, concerns. One time, a couple of years ago, I was talking to someone who was listening, who was in the process of listening from beginning to end. I told them that I got married, and they were like, to Sarah, my ex-girlfriend that I did not get married to, I told her no, and she said spoilers, and I was like, homegirl, home that's my life you're talking about. That's, that's not a spoiler. It was great. That's not a spoiler. That's an update. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then they asked us, why did we start the podcast? And I said, well, because we wanted to be famous, obviously. <laughs> like I wanted to speak at conferences. I wanted to speak at Stubabilf conferences. <laughs> Um, no, I honestly didn't care that much about making money speaking at conferences. In fact, if, if I you cared about money, different. if I cared about money, I probably wouldn't have charged the prices that I charged when I first started speaking. But True. Um, I, I know, I, like, I, I wanted to, I wanted to do that. Um, not, I mean, f- famousness, whatever. Like, take it or leave it. But like, I wanted to have a big impact. That's what I wanted to do. That's why. I, that's what I wanted to. I wanted to do. I was like, God, I have a big impact. That's why I wanted to go to Franciscan. I want to study theology so I can know how to make a big impact, and then I can like mm-hmm. you know, start a podcast. Or I didn't know about podcasts back then, but when we started the podcast. I was like, this is the thing. This is gonna like we're evangelizing, right? That I think that was the biggest thing that I was wrong about. So we were we were not evangelizing, practically speaking, very much not. Even the people who have DM'd us and said, "Hey, after starting to listen to the Crunch, like the Crunch played a big part in my conversion." Even that wasn't us evangelizing. Right, because, because, someone, they, because they had a significant other that took them to RCIA and answered all their questions. Like exactly. we, were just, we were just kind of there, you we know? We just kind of existed, right? And, and yeah. I, think, I think this is the biggest thing that I was wrong about, and I think it's one of the biggest things that we get wrong about when we, when we become super Catholic and we you know, are, are all of a sudden cognizant of, of speakers and professional evangelists, and professional evangelists and speakers are not bad. But then there's a tendency to then, then go, well, we probably shouldn't have them at all. But that's not, they play a role, right? And what I think the role the crunch plays is, this is what I was wrong about, right? It's like, it, it's strengthening the faithful. I think that I was wrong about our role in in the lives of our, our listeners, right? It's like, we talk about, in fact, we need to keep being, you know, just regular old evangelists that I work with high schoolers and, you know, an hour of my time talking to a high schooler and answering his, the questions that he actually is asking, mm-hmm. uh, that's... A super valuable use of my time even more so than like recording a podcast because it's like it it forms me as an evangelist and i can share that with our audience and then they can be formed as evangelists and go reach their people right because i thought that i was going to have the biggest impact in evangelization by becoming super big the next mark hart um and by just talking at conferences and, and, and having that people have transformational experiences at. But really, like, that's when you're too big, you can't fit in the cracks, right? And that's where people are, you know, like mm. they're, they're in the alleyways, you know, they're, they're not on the main roads. You could be a big old semi driving down 376. 
but you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna catch all the people that are on like the side streets. Three seventy six is a road in Pittsburgh, Ethan. No, don't reference the Pittsburgh highway system as if everybody freaking knows <laughs> I, it what made it me is. So happy, I was so happy. <laughs> this is Pittsburgh uh, privilege being uh, played taken, out live in front of me. I have taken sorry. This whatever Florida highway boy. runs through whatever highway runs through where you're from. Uh, I thirty five, baby. That's Route sixty six runs through Oklahoma City, right? It does. Yeah, I'm about to Ooh. live off of Route sixty six. Anyway, I just, I just, Docs. I have taken this, Docs. this, this Florida boy. And made him a Pittsburgh band. <laughs> a yes. Pittsburgh band. Would anybody like some pirogue? <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, I, and I think the 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 best the best thing that our podcast does, I think that we've figured out that it does. I, this was not conscious. Um, that our that our podcast has begun to do is it it allows the people that are that are at it's something that a focus camp a focus missionary can't necessarily do. Um, because you know, people that are uh, young adults, they don't go to college campuses anymore, and uh, you can't send like a focus missionary to Goldman Sachs, right? Like, but you can have a Catholic guy who works in the. You can't. You can't like have like a focus mission team working in every you know downtown office to evangelize all the people that are in that office, but you can have like a podcast that you know gives someone who feels isolated and alone, uh, like they're the only young adult Catholic that that it cares in their community you can give them a community that strengthens them to go evangelize their people and then create a community themselves and then they don't need us anymore cool that's great uh they've created a community of of catholics for themselves and that's awesome so i think that that's the thing that i was the most wrong about was who we're talking to it's like no we're talking to young adult catholics that are faithful and want to you know be and we'll pick we'll pick up some non-catholics along the way that's fine but like we're talking to young adult catholics and and we're helping them become evangelists in a way that's not programmatic and like here's mm-hmm. our you know take our course buy my book sort of thing but when i may write a book please buy it though <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out a hot take and please. just gonna let you just yell at me for it are you I'm gonna disagree with me no well maybe i don't know you're um, not allowed to because this is something it's it's just little something that Father Harrison thinks that he's been saying and kind of what I've mm. noticed in parish ministry and how this is working. And okay. so I'm going to say something that's not exactly what I want to say, but it's what I want to say. Ready? I love this preface. Evangelization is overrated. <gasps> can you can you elaborate? Yeah, I will elaborate. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Let's just let that marinate for a second. Uh, yeah, okay. A couple weeks a ago on our podcast, I said youth ministry is easy. I said that in my office the other day and people got mad at me. It's fine. <laughs> no, so don't get me wrong. There are some people who like do evangelization, qua evangelization. They go out and like preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, but I have found that so much evangelization happens when you're not trying. Like some so often, it's not that we need to train people to be evangelists and how to tell their story in five minutes. Like, there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for that. Mm-hmm. But part of me is like, we just need to have Catholics who love Jesus. And I hate I hate doing one of those things where like I've solved all the world's problems by making it like really simple. No, um, I love doing that. That's our brand. <laughs> but there's something about how evangelization should be this overflow of love that mm. one receives from the Father. Like, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. isn't something that we have to train ourselves to do as much as we feel impelled <laughs> to do yeah. because of the love of the Father. And, okay, you can you can learn some tips and tricks and that sort of thing, but I think a lot of times we start with the tips and tricks and not with, um, or maybe put it a different way, like, 
a lot of times, like what's kind of going on sometimes in Father Harrison's parish, and I think in my parish as well, <clears throat> is that we just try to do the parish thing well, and mm-hmm. then evangelization happens. We don't have an evangelization group, but we have parishioners who love Christ and then start evangelizing. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? That's what I mean yeah. by like the, like the programmatic nature of evangelization. Sometimes I feel is a little overrated. Or sure. we have so many conferences about in like in the diocese, like we need to evangelize. I'm like, we don't have anybody to evangelize. Yeah. I think that's to accurate. do the evangelization. Does it make yeah. sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um when when you said evangelization, you mean like,�����������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������������
for the fact that we're not seeing any visible fruit or we have to overcompensate for the fact that we're living in this postmodern world. When in reality, like Catholics are just so afraid to have like going back to what we were joking about earlier, like we're so afraid to have fun and just be normal people. (laughs) And no one you think about like having a party, maybe not a party. Let's say you you live in in a small community in a neighborhood and you have some people over for dinner and it's a Saturday night and you, everybody's eating and you're having some drinks and all these things and you, you, you turn on some music and you push the furniture away and you create a dance floor and you're dancing and the husbands are dancing with the wives and the kids are getting tangled up in the parents' legs and like there's something about that that's so human and so real that if you were to take someone who has never even thought about the gospel and popped them in that situation in a place of, you know, they were invited by a friend and there was a pre-existing relationship and they were invited into this, whatever that is would be so much more powerful than whatever course or thing or, or, or gospel reading or anything that I could do or say in a meeting or an eight week long course. And, and I feel like we're so, we don't know how to live that way because it's so far away from our lived experience. Oh yeah. yeah. And so, but like that is evangelization to your point. And it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, programmatic evangelization, absolutely overrated. Uh, Being fun, welcoming, happy, joyful people, underrated, I would say. You know, underrated, it's, it's making me think fun. of priestly formation because the biggest pillars, the four pillars of formation, and the one that's most emphasized, it was most emphasized by John Paul II, uh, was human formation. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just priests. The reason why we need to work on priests' human formation is because they, before they were seminarians, they were just people. There was in the world. <laughs> There's fellas. Yeah. yeah. They're just guys. Just dudes. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, redis- a rediscovery of what it means to be human. Oh yeah, um, lay people love joking about the human formation of priests and it's like, "Well, where would you get your human formation from? You know, your fraternity?" Yeah. You know. Like, let's put you <laughs> Sorry. let's put make you in charge of 15,000 <laughs> souls and see how your humanity reacts to that. <laughs> Buddy. There's a reason Pal. there's a reason that normal families win this celibate Polish man was like, come into the woods with me for a weekend. You know, like they were like, yes, I'm going to go with you. And this isn't weird. And they had like a great time. Yes. It's because he was, he lived such an integrated life where he was able to be, you know, deeply in prayer on a hike in one moment and would kind of fall to the back of the, of the row of hikers so that he could commune with the Lord on this hike. But the next moment he'd be playing with the babies and laughing and joking with people. And like people wanted to be around him because he was so good to be around. You was know? that JP two? Was that quote about JP two? That's like other priests tried to be like the kids. The kids tried to be like him. You heard that about JP two? Oh yeah. yeah. That's I it. love yeah. that vibe. Yeah. That's a good vibe. It's a really, it's, it's exactly I also want all of my teens to be exactly like me. Right. Hmm. I don't, uh, anyway, just topics. <laughs> I um, don't think that's a good idea, Pat. <laughs> please be just be worse. like me. Patrick, please, they could be a lot worse. <laughs> that's true. Please, please be, please enjoy all the things that I enjoy so I have an easier time talking to you. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, so here's a question. Let's get back into the self-indulgence. How sure. good is it to n- stop discerning your vocation? To be done oh, with discerning man. your vocation? Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Um, it's it's good. I haven't really thought about this in a while because I kind of decided, like I just decided, and then I proposed like the next week, you know. So like I wasn't <laughs> there was not a lot of time to really think about not not being married. Um, 
But it's good. I mean, it's it's honestly something that I only think about when people write into the crunch and ask us questions about. Oh, I don't. I want to be this or I want to be that. It's like, oh, I forget that people are still kind of going through that. Figuring just, that just, out. You just know? decide and kind of, you know, it'll it'll be all right. It'll be fine. But I, I, I recognize yeah. that it's not that easy. I remember it, I was having a really tough. Phoebe and I were going through a really rough spot, and my professor, one of my professors, I've told the story in the crunch a bunch, but uh, the the one of my professors walked by and he was like, as he's like, what's going on? And I told him what's going. I told him what's happening, and he was like, Pat, don't take this the wrong way but I am so glad that I don't have to date anymore. <laughs> and I was like, that's actually really comforting. Cause it's like, no, this ends, you know, this is, this is something that's over someday. It's there just- was a, a very good and holy priest when we were dating and I was feeling a, a call, you know, a quote unquote call to the seminary. I think a, a lot of dudes, you were need feeling to cold feet. A, a lot of dudes need to recognize that the, your quote unquote call to the priesthood is like you wanting to just hang out with a bunch of dudes, like at a, at a place where there's like no distractions <laughs> and you can go to class and everything's planned out for you and you can pray and you get to play sports and you get to drink beer. Like seminary is kind of legit, you know, like when you think about it, obviously it's hard and whatever, but like, that's what I was, that's what I was being attracted to. And yeah. so being able to like vocalize that and then having a very holy priest say to me, like, Ethan, I don't think you have a vocation to the priesthood. It was just like, Oh, huge. Whew, okay. Yeah. What I'm, what I really am feeling is fear of commitment gasp you know (laughs) what i really what i really want is to ball with the boys which is not a reality for the like i can't just do that for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. yeah um and so understanding that and now knowing that that's like every day especially now like having a pregnant wife who doesn't feel well and you have to take care of her and do all these things it's like man i'm so glad i chose what i chose Mm because i just get to not think about myself and it's just so much better than than the other way around not yeah yeah so it's it's great so tell me if this is kind of your experience, but one of the major things after I was ordained was like when you're when you're young and you're discerning and going through life and all these options are before you, it's always trying to figure out what you are supposed to do or what you want to do. And then once and that there's a lot of stress to that, but there's also some excitement to that because who knows? Who knows what the Lord is calling anything. you to? You could be yeah. anything. And mm-hmm. then you get married or then you become a priest. And all of a sudden, like, those all those options are torn away from you and the big thing you have to worry about is what's right in front of you Mm -hmm. Um, and i can imagine that sometimes we can get addicted to that kind of um, discernment or choosing or what's the big magical i don't know in my future like Mm -hmm. you guys know what's in your future in a certain sense like babies wife job it's right there and there'll be um, tons of things coming out of left field of course but in a certain sense, it's now defined. Yeah. Um, is that a difficult transition? Am I making any sense? I don't know. Mm. No, it's it's liberating. I think there's... Uh, I, I'm going to use an analogy. You guys ever written a song before? Ever written a poem? You've written yeah. a poem, Father Anthony. Yeah. Nope. There's like... You come up with a... I, I, I realized this after... I was like, I was like, man, I, I don't know what to write. I was like, I was like, I don't know what to write. I want to write a poem, but I don't know what to write. And I wrote down a line that I wanted to to have in there and i was like okay i came up with this like structure and i was like, okay well given that structure then i have to i probably have to commit to this and i had to i committed to certain like phrases and i was like this is the only thing that fits and after a while the poem was written in like 10 minutes and it was because like i i'd committed to a structure like i committed to this line and the poem kind of became about because of the commitment to that mm-hmm. line right mm-hmm. and so before the poem it's like i could write a poem about anything but it's like that's too much, you know, <laughs> anything is too much things. And now that I have this one line, the poem is about this thing. And so given that I'm, I've committed to it. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go with it. 
And then you make more commitments and more commitments and more commitments. And things that can change, you change them. You go back and change them. But like the, making that first commitment kind of helps you move, right? And then that's kind of like, that, that was, that, that's kind of what I tell people when, when they talk about pre dating, pre dating. It's like, well, just make a choice. And, you know, going to the seminary is not going to be ordained, right? It's so like mm-hmm. you can always, you can write that first line. And you've committed to that, right? So it's there for at least a while, and you can you can go you can go back and you can change it a little bit. You can leave seminary, you know. But it's like you, you gotta make a choice. You can't just like plenty sit of here seminarians forever. date while they're in seminary. So really, even oh, then, the choice sad. is not write two true. poems at the same time. <laughs> no, I just, no, 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 what no, if they, they wait? Hold on, this, no, even better idea. Just, even better idea. Like they date someone from girls. your youth I mean, group. I'm normal. I like hanging out with girls and just like. Uh, being one-on-one with a person my age because I'm normal. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of discernment yeah. or scared of women. So don't you mm-hmm. see? I, I spend all my time with women. That's how not scared of women I am. Uh-huh. I've yeah, seen that a lot in seminary. Yep. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay, buddy. You Something else to, is going on here. You I'm, need to ball with the boys more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am so secure in my desire to smooch women. I mean, be a normal <laughs> priest. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the there is a I like what you said. There's a, a total, there's a, such a, it's, it's a blue sky space when you're young and you're in college and, or just out of college, you can choose anything. You don't have to be tied down. And that's kind of a, it's addicting. It's like opening up YouTube and being like, all right, we can go anywhere today. You know, like there's, there's no <laughs> rules, <laughs> you know, um, I was just imagining the guy who literally like, like boots up his computer, like sits down, like rubs his palms together. All right, buddy, where are we like going today? Villain. Let's start yeah. with cats and see where yeah, that goes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's to, to kind of what we're talking about today, the, all the cool new stuff that we're doing with the podcast, the, the Twitch and the discord and trying to, you know, maybe raise some funds and all this other stuff. Like I would not have been able to do that had I not had the security of my marriage for the last year, you know, and being, I mean, I've been, I'm in the same house. I lived like over the last seven years, I lived in like six different houses, you know, and Mm in, in, in multiple cities and just was moving to Florida and then back and then fundraising all over the country to try and raise money for focus and being in Oklahoma. It just was, it was crazy. And so this is the first time where it's like, all right, I'm here, I'm going to be here. Um, and, uh, and now you can start to flex a little bit in, in areas that didn't have any flex before. I can start to really invest in a friendship with this dude where if I only had a certain amount of time, I wouldn't, he wouldn't be my first choice to hang out with. So now I can really get to know him and invest in him and I can spend more time and and energy on, on this thing. That's really exciting that I previously didn't have time for. Uh, and just, I can, I can spend time relaxing with my wife and just spending a whole day doing nothing. And then we just kind of naturally figure out what we're going to do. It doesn't have to be planned. We don't have to worry about traveling. We don't have to, it's, it's nice. It's mm-hmm. really nice. So highly recommend everyone getting married today. If you can <laughs> call father, you Anthony. Come, he'll do it. You over come the phone. on clerically speaking and you say, everyone get married. <laughs> yes. Never having you back. Never having you back on the show. I'm sorry. Shame. I'm sorry. It's okay. Late. All right, guys. So we're coming to the end of our time. Um, no, two questions. Come on. Two questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? What was? What was? You, you're on clerically speaking. So what do you want to mm. say to the people of clerically oh, speaking? And then uh, tell us how people can find you. And what's? Are you doing all kinds of fun things on Twitch and and stuff? Oh and yeah, there, that's right. There are much better podcasts out there. You don't have to be stuck with them. You can leave. <laughs> you can leave anytime. No, I I'm love kidding. clerically speaking. I <laughs> want to say that I'm a big fan of clerically speaking. Father Anthony, it's a great podcast. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, um, I don't need your affirmation. I know it is. No, no, no. More, more podcast. Here's the thing. More podcasts need to be at clearly speaking. This is a, this is what I'll say in closing. Right. Um, uh, Catholic podcasts are um, the the landscape of Catholic podcasts are going to look different if we have anything to say about it in the future. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be a bunch of um, the usual suspects. You just know, doing intellectual formation every week over and over and yeah, over and it's over not, again. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be them repurposing it's not it's not gonna be EWTN copying and pasting their shows onto an RSS feed. It's it's going to be it's going to be, you know, people that like us start a podcast when they're stupid college kids and they're going to be, you know, talking about living their faith with their friends and the podcast landscape is gonna look different if we have anything to say about it. The reason is because we we currently create the best pod- comedy podcast for Catholic young adults. I think we might, we might, we might possibly have the best podcast for Catholic young adults. Period. Um, because we're and right now we're the only ones who target young adults specifically. Uh, so if you're a young adult and you want to join that party, uh, you can go look us up at the Crunch. Uh, we're on we're on all the platforms on the all the podcasting platforms, or you can join our Discord <laughs> bit.ly/crunchdiscord if you want to start looking at our community before you say I'm going to join. Uh, that's that's my that's that's my big push. I mean, you can follow us on whatever, but in the end, mm-hmm. like that's what we really care about is the podcast and the Discord is the highest value thing that we produce. We also do Twitch. You want to tell them about Twitch, Ethan? Yeah, I can. Uh, I have a couple of things that I want to say. I've been reading Evangelii Nunziandi. You've heard of this? It's oh, a good document. No, go off on this. This is so fun. I know. So there, cool. There's a line where Pope Paul VI says that we have a duty to preserve the purity of the Church and to make her teachings as understandable and persuasive as possible. It's, it's, it's key. It's so key. And, uh, we want to be understandable to young adults so that young adults is Gen Z. I just want everyone to understand this. Gen Z is young adults. Young adults is Gen Z. We're not throwing millennials around anymore. And I don't, I I have no interest in millennials. (laughs) They've got their wine and they've got their Disney and they're going to be fine. Like I don't, they're going (laughs) to be okay. They have their wine and Disney plus. They're okay. They have Harry Potter world. They're good. Yes. Yes. Um, Go get your nice t-shirt with a funny phrase printed on it. I'm happy for you. you and can, your mustache you can, finger tattoos. Yes, you guys are awesome. I love it. Keep it <laughs> Keep up. Keep it up. Um, but Gen Z and Gen Alpha are, are kind of where we need to start focusing our attention. And I think being understandable and persuasive to that group means that we have to break out of what Patrick was saying. Like we can't just have Catholic media that's essentially just a repackaged sermon over and over and over and over again. And I think that's the value of podcasts like Clerically Speaking. And I think that's a value of, kind of what we do. And there's other, there's other things out there. There's just not nearly as many as there ought to be yes, um, because I the agree. things, the things out there that are understandable and persuasive to Gen Z and, and Gen Alpha are a incredibly, um, they're so in line with the forces of the world that they're, and they're so well funded that oh, there's yeah. no, there's no way that we can compete if we're just playing on our own terms. So yeah, we kind of have to, yeah. we have to take what the world is doing and we have to baptize it, which is why I want to become with Patrick on the crunch world-class entertainers that can make the church as understandable and persuasive as possible to young people. And that's really what we want to do. And I don't think, because I don't think that anybody else is doing it. If somebody else was doing it, then I'd be like, I'll give you money to do it. But here we are. And so you can give um, I, on www.thecrunchcast.com. <laughs> I think it's, I, I'm not even trying to do a money pitch. I'm just, this is what I've, the only <laughs> thing I've been thinking out for, for three weeks. So I think it's really important. We're doing that by streaming on Twitch, which is a crazy website. If you've ever tried to learn how to use it, it's, it's ridiculous. There's so, there's so much to learn. Um, but twitch.tv slash the crunch podcast, we stream on Tuesdays and Thursday nights at 7 PM central. Usually that might change. 
Um, and you can listen to our podcast if you want to hear more about what we talk about. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at the Crunchcast in both places. And that's pretty much it. I think uh, I want to hear clerically speaking people's. Th- what do you call your audience? The clerical speakers. We don't, we don't have like a cutesy name. You don't you have should- like a brand. No, yeah, well, I want to. I want to hear what your audience thinks about all of this, and I hope they're not millennials and they weren't offended by what I said. But oh, uh, um, we've got some millennials, and I'm sure they were offended, and that's oh good. That's They'll good. They can take it. They can that's take good, it. right? It's, it's, I'm a they, millennial, and I thought it was hilarious. Okay, mill- okay, well, good. I, now that I'm back on Instagram, are millennials okay? Because they seem to all really want to please their bosses, and I just don't care about that anymore. I don't yeah. know what's like out there. <laughs> it says that at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all. I'm not going to say anything else. Thanks for letting me go on my rant about no, uh, even, that's great. Evangelion Utsiandi. Yep. Yes. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Also, I just did the thing where it's like, I'm not like those millennials. I'm a cool millennial. So <laughs> shame cool on me mom. for that. Um, <laughs> that's embarrassing. You guys can have your TikTok dances as long as it's in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I'm a big fan of both of you as human beings and also of your podcast. You guys really do a great job. I would not Thank have you. you on this show if I thought otherwise. Also, you know, I put, uh, I've donated to you guys in the past because I think what you're doing is a good thing. Um, so if you, especially if you guys like the humor of uh, Clerically Speaking and you're like, this is great, but I wish it was funnier, I think you should check in to The Crunch as well. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a great, it's good, it's a great endorsement. Yeah. I think our podcasts complement each other very well. Uh, I, I agree. True. So uh, yeah, go check them out, guys. And, there's uh, a reason. There's a reason why at the seat conference when we went back in 2020, LOL Rip. Um, yeah. The the same we the the crowd was the exact same. It was like you're, yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> it was great. We had similar similar vibes that we're sending into the universe. Yeah. Uh, but thanks guys for listening. Check out the crunch, and we'll see you next time. Peace. God bless. You guys really, you guys really keep this to a tight hour, huh? Yeah. You kind of have to. If I can, I we do. Um. So there you go. There's your hour. Was that better or worse in your interview with Bishop Robert Barron? Oh, way better. The Bishop Robert Barron interview was one of the worst things we did. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad.